Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. So let's get into the message for today. I'm going to have to go at least 20 minutes over today, so I just want to prep you for that right now. I'm just kidding. I could. I could. But I'll try not to. But uh, let's get our Bibles out. We're talking about as it is in heaven. If you got your Bibles, come on. We love the Bible here at the Rhodes, Mount Carmel, and Carlinville, North City. Let's get them out. Open them to Luke chapter 11. Woo! Woo! Luke chapter 11. I'm going to give the shortcut version. Sermon notes are available in your worship guide. I mean, I don't know if I'll give shortcut version. <laughs> Sorry. I'll just give, I'll give whatever he tells me to do. How about that? Luke chapter 11. Sermon notes, I said, version Bible app, you can follow along. There's some notes there. Um, I don't know if you notice, it's a little bit brighter in here at North City today. We, want, we uh, thank the Lord for the glory has increased, the intensity of the glory. You think it's the light bulbs, but it's not. It's the glory of God. No, we did. We changed out light bulbs because people are like having trouble reading their Bible. Now people are needing sunglasses in our services. So it's one extreme to the other. It's like trying to please people with the temperature of a room. It's impossible. <laughs> impossible. Luke chapter 11. And I can read my Bible from a long way off now. <laughs> Verse 1 says, Now it came to pass as he was praying. Who's he? That's Jesus. He was doing what? He was praying in a certain place. The Son of God, the incarnate God himself, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, well, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I want you to pray. That's what I want you to say. Then I want you to say, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Is that true? <laughs> Only you can answer, verse 4. Are we forgiving everyone who's indebted to us? Lord, I just pray you touch hearts right now. I just felt the Holy Spirit. He's wanting you to release forgiveness to someone right now. Your freedom is attached to your forgiveness. Anyone that's indebted to you, forgive them right now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, even if you have to do it by faith. You just have to say, Lord... I forgive them. Start the process. Let your emotions pick up later, but let your belief be the lead engine. Your feelings are your caboose. We can't live our life as Christians with feelings being the engine. Feelings are the caboose. Our belief is the engine. That's free. Go on. So then uh, verse, we're still in verse 4. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I just want to pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you've forgiven us completely. So we release forgiveness right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you bring this word to life. Guide me, direct me for what you want to say. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bring, bring revelation, understanding, and clarity in communication and in reception and thought. Lord Jesus, get all the praise. You deserve the highest praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now here's what I want to talk about today. In verse 2 of this passage... We went to Luke 11 instead of Matthew chapter 6, but Jesus says here, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on where? On earth. 
on earth as it is in heaven. So when Jesus said to say the words on earth, how much of the earth is he really talking about? How many different areas of the earth did he have in mind when he said to pray that his will would come and be done on earth? How many areas of society was he thinking about? Questions I want you to answer in your own heart because I believe it's important for us to understand what God intended so that we can know what we're supposed to be doing. He doesn't tell us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done in the church as it is in heaven. He said in the earth. So how many spheres of society are in the earth? All of them. So that tells me that every sphere of society is under the rule of Jesus. It's important for us to understand in the church because the church oftentimes has been told you need to make sure and stay in your lane. Don't get talking about other areas of society. You just stay with your church stuff and let the world handle the other stuff. But my Bible says that on earth as it is in heaven. So I believe the church has been limited in their thinking, even in the church, has bought into this ideology that we're supposed to stay in our churchy lane and just talk about church stuff, and then the world, that's just up to the world, and we're going to pray until the rapture, and then we'll get out of this world. And we didn't understand that Jesus said, I want you to pray that my will will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, not just in the church. Let me give you some examples of scripture. Again, we're going to talk about a lot of verses today because I always want to make sure we're looking at the Bible and not just somebody's opinion. Psalm verse, uh, chapter 47, verse 2. For the Lord most high is awesome. I mean, thankful God's awesome. He is a great king over how much of the earth? Over all the earth. Jesus is a great king. He's a great king. Great king. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is not a belief system. Jesus is not a moral lifestyle. Jesus is great king over all the earth. Whether we believe it or not, whether we're followers of Jesus or not, it doesn't matter. He's still king over the whole earth. He's not just king of the church. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's. And all its fullness, the world, and those who dwell therein. Deuteronomy 10, 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. Also, the earth with how much that's in it? Are you catching a theme yet? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 26. Give you some New Testament. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Jesus telling us right now that his kingdom reigns over all the earth, not just certain segments of society. Jesus is king over not only the church sphere of of influence, but also over the arts and entertainment sphere of influence. Jesus is also king over the economy. Jesus wants to be involved in the economy. Jesus is king over education. 
over family, over the definition of family. Jesus is king over media. Jesus is king over government. So if Jesus is king over all of these areas, then we have to understand we're not to relinquish those areas to the world. They belong to Jesus. But what's happened, the the world has said to the church so much, stay in your lane, that we bought into it and thought, well, arts and entertainment, that's the world. Politics, that's the world. Don't get involved in politics, Christians. It's believed so deeply in the church that people think it's wrong for the church to talk about politics. Now, when I say politics, I'm not talking about a party. I'm talking about issues that the Bible speaks to. I'm not talking about promoting a party. We promote a king whose name is Jesus who's not up for election. We're not promoting a party. I'm not promoting, uh, uh, supporting red or blue. It doesn't matter. I'm supporting King Jesus. But when the Bible speaks to an issue in society, we are called to speak into that issue. We have to have a Christian viewpoint, a biblical viewpoint for it. So now, the reason people say don't get involved in politics, it's filthy, it's corrupt, it's dirty. The problem is because there aren't enough Christians involved in politics. There's not enough Christians involved in the business world. There's not enough Christians running the economy. If we get more Christians involved in these areas, oh, Hollywood and the media, it's of the devil. We'll get more Christians involved in that area, but too many Christians are told to stay in your lane, stay in your lane, be preachers and singers, preachers and singers. Maybe teach a Sunday school class. Go out and make movies, Christians. Anyway. Or not. But I'm just saying it all belongs to Jesus. So now if, does, I guess I'll ask this question. Does God want his kingdom to come and his will to be done? So now if the earth is the Lord's, if everything belonged to God, and so he gets to determine how the earth is ran, because it's his, right? He gets to determine how it's ran. So if he determines how it's run, And he wants his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. What system did he put in place? The great sovereign God, what system did he put in place so that his will would come and be done on the earth? Let's find out. Let's find out from the scripture. Let's look at two. I came up with two principles I'm going to introduce today on the system that God put in place. And we've got to go back to the beginning to see this system in operation because the beginning was when uh, God set up everything out of his own desire, out of his own will. So go to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to give you two principles that we find in the book of beginnings, the God's system to have his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first principle, number one, is prayer. Everybody say prayer. 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 What is prayer? Prayer is relational communion with God. Prayer is relational communion with God, priestly partnership, co-munion. You know what co means? Co means two, co-working together, co-munion. We take communion. So prayer is not just me talking to God. Prayer is also me listening to God. 
relationally. So prayer, this was God's first principle to have a relationship. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, this is in the Garden of Eden. This is after Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. Their eyes were opened that saw that they were naked. So it says in verse 8, and they heard the sound. That word sound there literally means voice in the Hebrew. They heard the sound or the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Notice what happened. They sinned against God. They did what he told them not to do. So out of their shame, they began to hide. They literally were in the bushes, in the trees, trying to hide from the creator of the universe. Sounds silly, but how many of us have tried to hide from God when we do wrong? But look what happened. God came to them. So God, the part I want to focus on, is God is walking in the garden. His voice is walking in the garden. So what does this interaction represent? It tells me that there was a regular, whether it was daily or how often they walked in, he walked in the cool of the day, there was a regular interaction between heaven, God, and earth, Adam and Eve. There was a regular interaction between the two of them. There was a partnership. There was a communion that God would come and talk to Adam and Eve every single day. What did they talk about? I don't know. It doesn't say. We can only assume that God was telling them things that he wanted them to do to make earth as it is in heaven. So they had a relationship, a prayer relationship, that wasn't just giving him uh, his list, but it was actually talking to God saying, Lord, what are you saying about my day today? What are you saying about Eve that I need to know? What are you saying about this earth that you gave me? What are you saying about this? You know, what, what, are you, what am I supposed to do? So there's a communion. There was such a partnership between God and Adam that our Bible even tells us that God, the creator of the universe, stay with me, brought every animal by Adam to see what Adam would call them. I, I, that blows my mind that Adam is standing there and all of a sudden animals come by and God tells the son, a father talks to the son and says, Holy Spirit, hey, let's bring these animals by Adam and see what he calls them. Religion would teach us that the right thing to do would be, God, you just tell me what the names of these animals are supposed to be. I, I just want to name them whatever you want, God. That sounds great and spiritual, but what if God said, no, I want you to name them. But Lord, you got to tell me what to name them. I don't care. <laughs> right? I mean, he, he named them. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. That's what, that's what you're going with? That's your name, Adam? Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus it is. I don't know where he came up with that. But I'm just saying there was a partnership in creation to make on earth as it is in heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers Fellow workers, we are God's fellow workers. What does that mean? That we're working with God, we're cooperating with God to have his will be done on the earth. Jesus even did this in his own life. In Luke chapter 11, we just read it, that they 
found him praying in a certain place. I'll read you a couple more places. Matthew chapter 14, 23. This is Jesus again, partnering with the Father. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had came, he was alone there. So here's Jesus, the Son of God, the Eternal One, the Incarnate One. What's he doing? He's getting alone with the Father and he's praying to him. Why is he praying to him? Because our Bible will teach us that Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Where do you think he heard the Father say it? In prayer. I don't do anything unless I see the Father doing it. Where do you think he saw the Father doing it? In prayer. He was in communion with him, that God would speak to him, and he knew the voice of the Father. So when the voice spoke to him and said, this is where I want you to do, or I want you to go this way, then he just obeyed that communion, that relationship was was important. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary solitary place, and there he did what? He, He prayed. Jesus told us we're supposed to pray. Go to, uh, go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Does prayer work? Does prayer matter? Does prayer make a difference? Mm-hmm. Got three responding. Does prayer matter? Does prayer make a difference in our life? We need to understand the power of prayer. That prayer changes things. Prayers. Prayer makes a difference. We'll see it scripturally here. Excuse me. Verse 16. James, brother of Jesus, writes, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, avails much means that it really has force. That word avail there means force or power. It's mighty. It's able. It avails much to a great degree. So prayer has power. It has force. But notice it says the effective fervent prayer. Effective fervent is one Greek word. It's energeo, which is where we get our word for energy. So what kind of prayer avails much? A prayer... See, when I first used to read this, if the, the uh, effective fervent prayer, I used to think fervent meant how you prayed. Like you had to pray fervently. <laughs> Jesus' name, fervent prayer, passionate prayer. <laughs> now I can do that. I, 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 yeah, I get down like that. <laughs> but that's not necessarily what it means. What it means is operative or active. In other words, you keep doing it. The effective, fervent prayer is the prayer that doesn't stop. You just keep praying. You keep giving your energy to it. Some days you got high energy. Some days you got low energy, but you give your energy to it. It's easy to pray when you're like, yeah! It's hard to pray when you don't even know if you're saved. It's hard to pray when you feel like you've been kicked in the gut with circumstances. It's hard to pray when you're tired, you're weak, you're sick, all those things. But no matter what energy you have, you give it to prayer. Well, I just don't have much energy. Give what you have. Don't quit. The Bible tells us pray without ceasing. How can you pray without ceasing? Because you keep giving your energy to it. The effect, it says it avails much. Elijah was a man with a a nature like ours. Excuse me. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. 
And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, why did he pray that it should not rain on the, on the land? Because God had already spoken to him. If you'll study this story out, God actually spoke to Elijah and told him about a drought that's going to come. And so Elijah was agreeing with God. He wasn't telling God what to do. He was agreeing with God. He was praying according to the will of God. He had spent time with God, and God said, this is what I want to do. So Elijah prayed in agreement with that prayer, and all of a sudden the heavens shut up. No more rain, three and a half years. But then in verse 18 it says, and he prayed again. And the heaven did what? The heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So notice what happens. When he prayed, heaven gave. I want you to see the relationship here. Heaven gave, the earth produced. He prayed, heaven gave in response to his prayer, and then the earth produced in response to what heaven gave. This is what we need to do in our life with Jesus, that we pray, we engage, we get partnership with heaven, and we pray that, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then heaven comes, heaven operates, it responds, and then earth produces out of what heaven's interaction on the earth is. This is why we pray the word of God. The Bible says in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 55, that as the rain comes down and does not return and, and the snow, so shall my word be that it will not return to him void, but it will accomplish what I sent it to do. So I pray the word of God up to him. He responds, watches over his word to perform his word, and his word comes to the earth, and the earth produces out of the word of God. Does that make sense? Prayer. Two principles. I'm going to give you the second one in just the condensed version. First principle in seeing heaven come to earth is prayer, communion with God, relational communion with God. Here's the second principle, dominion. Dominion. First one is prayer. Second one is dominion. I'm going to read you out of Genesis chapter 1. You can turn there if you want. Genesis chapter 1. What is dominion? Chad, what are you talking about when you say dominion? It's the use of of delegated authority for influence. I'm going to say it again. Dominion is the use of delegated, key word, authority, not usurped authority, delegated authority for influence. In Genesis chapter 1, this is the beginning. When God created the earth, created the world, it's his world. He can do with it what he wants. Whatever he says, that's the way it is. So verse 26, then God said, God said, who said? God said, let us, who's us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's created, all right? We just got through the fifth day. This is the sixth day. This is the last day of creation. The last day of creation, he said, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. This is so important. This passage of Scripture changed my life because I'd never heard anything about me having dominion in this world. All I knew is I'm supposed to pray whatever His will is, and if it's His will, it'll happen. If it's not His will, it won't happen. But I never studied the Bible to realize that He said, I let you have dominion. What does that mean? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. Notice what he created. He created male and female. Two genders. Male and female. Why are we having to inf in, uh, emphasize this in the church? Because the church is even adopting the mentality that it's not just male and female. I want to be very crystal clear. This is not hateful to preach what God says, that he did not create the man and let the man come out and decide whether he was a male or female. He created the male and said, you are a male. He created the female and said, now you are a female. Doesn't matter how you feel, it's this is who you are. I don't care what pronoun you want to be called, you are a male and you are a female. This is the truth of God's word that we need to embrace. The world needs this truth. So don't back down and, and let people say, stay in your lane. Stay in I, our lane is the earth. That's our lane. Not, not ours like humans like us. I'm talking about followers of Jesus. His domain is the earth. And when we bring the truth of God's word to the earth, it will set the captives free. People are in bondage during this gender identity crisis. They're in bondage to that. It's a lie of the devil. So don't get backed up and say, well, I don't want to say anything to offend anybody. I don't want to say anything to offend anybody. I want to say something to set people free. Set them free. So male and female, he created them somewhere. Lost my place. Sorry, I got excited. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. The second thing that we need to have, two principles for to be on earth as it is in heaven. Number one, it was what? What was the first one? Prayer. Relational communion with God. Then number two, dominion. Use exercising of delegated authority from God to influence your surroundings. Let me say that again. Dominion is not me bossing everyone around. Dominion is not me thinking I'm hot stuff. Dominion is out of, out of, out of, out of. Number two can only be done correctly out of a proper number one. Only out of a proper relational communion with God can I exercise dominion in the earth. If I don't have relational communion prayer life with God, I will exercise dominion out of a power trip and ego. I will blast people out of the water without a relational communion with God that tells me specifically where, when, and how to exercise dominion. But it is ours nonetheless. Dominion is supposed to be exercised out of that place, the guidance of our prayer life. Dominion is God-directed influence and authority. Dominion wasn't our idea. It was God's idea. But if we reject the responsibility of exercising dominion, we will have to deal with the ramifications of that decision. See Adam and Eve. When they did not exercise dominion over the serpent in the garden, what happened? Was there a price to pay? Was it God's will for them to get kicked out of the garden? Making sure. Was it God's plan for them to get kicked out of the garden? Why did they get kicked out of the garden then if it was not his will? This is important for us to teach this because we just grow numb to religion and we just think God's up there 
doing whatever he wants and we have no responsibility. And I'm telling you, that's what's hamstrung the church because we don't know that we have a say-so in heaven coming to earth in his will being done. They, God did not want them to get kicked out of the garden, but because they did not exercise dominion over the serpent, now they had to go because they chose the serpent as their authority. So now, let's look at Psalm 115. I'll close with this scripture. Psalm 115. I'm cutting it short. Verse 16. Psalm 115, 16. Ready? It says, the heaven, even the heavens are whose? They are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to who? To the, who are the children of men? Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Look at your other neighbor that you weren't as confident about and say, that's you too. That's you too. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given. You know what the word given means? It's a Hebrew word, nathan. And it means to transfer possession or control. How many people believe that the Bible is true? Is the Bible accurate? So is this verse accurate? Even if I don't understand it, is it accurate? So if this scripture is true... What children of men does it include that he's given the earth to? Does it say he's given the earth to the children of Christians? Does he say that he's given the earth to children of righteous people? No, he's given it to children of men. That means, what if? What if? Here's the question we got to ask ourselves. What ramifications does that have if some of the children of men exercising dominion do not follow Jesus? Well, if he's given this earth to children of men and children of men don't follow him, then what are the consequences of that? Their dominion will release ungodly rule. This is why we can see tragedies happening in our world that is not the will of God. Because he's given dominion to the children of men and if we don't follow him, his will will not be done in their circle of influence. How much more important is it for us as followers of Jesus to release influence, dominion in our circles of influence? We've got to stop complaining about what's going on around us and start praying about what's going on around us. Are we praying? Here's what God was asking me. If you've, if you've listened to me over the last 24 years, you've heard me preach this a lot. Genesis 1, 26, 28 changed, turned my life upside down on my head. Revolution my mind. I never knew I could pray against something. I just thought it, I had to deal with it. We have to start praying. I, I say that to say I need to be reminded though all the time, even though I know it. God asked me the other day, I don't say what day, it doesn't matter, Chad, just move on. Sometimes I start to give too many details, it doesn't matter. He said, why are you complaining all the time and not praying? that thing that you're talking about and talking about and talking about and talking about. I haven't heard you talk to me about it at all. You're talking to a lot of people about it that you can do nothing for you. Why aren't you talking to me? I was upset. 
I was upset about something, so I was talking out of being upset. Things that I know I'm not supposed to do. My mind was consumed with things that I'm not supposed to just consume with. I was just... He said, come to me with those things. Because we're worrying about things that we should be praying about. Christians are the worst. Because we learn Christianese. And we learn phrases like, hey, I'll be praying about that. No, you won't. You lie. You're posting about it on Facebook, getting all worked up about something somebody said, talking about it to different friends. The more we talk to people and tell them we're praying about it, the more we actually believe we're praying. We haven't prayed once, but we've told 25 people we're praying about it, so now we actually believe I prayed about it. Wow, in Jesus' name, amen. That was great. God's wanting us to stop talking and worrying about stuff and start praying about stuff. We're going to exercise dominion out of prayer, not out of complaining. Not about watching the news and getting so mad. Getting in a fit of rage over the news when you've not gone to the prayer closet. And got the scripture out and said, in the name of Jesus, I pray the kingdom of heaven into our government. I pray the kingdom of heaven into their hearts. I pray the kingdom of heaven into our economy. Are we praying like that or are we just complaining about it? Oh, this is an encouraging word. The ramifications, church, of Christians not taking dominion is ungodliness ruling. Just not long ago, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Sadly, many in the church are not happy about it. Church universal. I'm not talking about our church. I mean, there may be some here that's not happy about it. That's all right. Most of my life, not all of it, I was born a little bit before Roe v. Wade came in, into play, but I, I don't remember it. Most of my life, something was legalized that people thought would never change. I will never be overturned. I will never be overturned. It's overturned. And millions of lives are going to be affected because of that decision. Now, some will say, well, people are still going to have abortion. Maybe so, but it's not going to be approved of by our government. Some states will. I'm not getting into that part. Here's what I'm saying. We have to bring kingdom values, kingdom influence. That's what dominion is, is kingdom influence. So God's challenging you and me to bring kingdom influence into our circle of influence. You can't change the entire world, but can you bring influence into your job tomorrow? Can you bring influence into your circle of friends tomorrow? Can you bring a kingdom that on earth as it is in heaven in your job, who's going to be responsible for bringing on earth as it is in heaven into your job? You, 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 you. We have dominion. So you walk into, you don't walk into the job tomorrow and say to your boss, boss, there's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) Pastor Chad said, I got dominion up in here. So there's going to be some changes around here. Going to be a longer lunch break, I'll tell you that. No, that's not what we do. No. We pray, we pray, and we pray, 
and in the heavenlies, we're influencing that heaven's going to send something and the earth's going to produce. Heaven's going to send change your heart. You may influence one person. That one person may be someone in influence. I've said this. I felt so strong about this in the first service. It's coming back to me now. It doesn't happen very often, so I'm going to say it again. I believe God's going to give some of you supernatural influence in your job to rewrite the culture of your community, of your office, of the, the values and the structure of how things operate. I believe he's going to give some of you liberty to say, you determine how your department runs kingdom authority that now you begin to say these are the values that we're going to have in our department. You just slip the Bible in there and just bring kingdom out. They don't even have to know chapter and verse. God did not oh, boy, I'm praying tongues right now. God did not put you in a position of authority for the position to define you. God puts you in a position of authority so that you would change the position. But we just thought, oh, it's just a church word, just the church sphere. We're only supposed to change the church. No, God put godly people into position so that position would change into a godly influence. But we've chickened out. We get in there, we pray, God, just give me this position, give me this place of authority, I'll use it for your kingdom. And then we get in there, and then we let them tell us how we have to run it. Well, listen, when you get there, now you just need to, you keep God out of it. I got put in here by God. Now, I don't know if God's going to give you wisdom on how to do it. I'm not telling you again to go in there tomorrow and just blow everything up. But man, I'm asking you to pray it up. Just pray it up. Say, God, give me wisdom. There's going to be some change. Let them see the change in you first. Let them watch you. Let them listen to you. Let them watch you pray over your food. Let them, let them listen to words out of your mouth that change. And they're like, what, did it, you, you, what, what are you saying? Yeah, I just want to pray for them. I don't know what God's going to say. I've got to stop. Prayer, dominion, prayer, dominion. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.